Welcome to Beer and a Movie, the podcast where we combine two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies. Sometimes achieving outstanding pairings, and other times giving ourselves the opportunity to wash the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. I am one of your co-hosts. My name is Dave Gurney. I am here with... Carlos Cooper. And Joe Hilliard. And we're here to talk beer and movies. We're, we're going back to 2021, folks. I know we already did Leftovers. I, I get it. Um, you, you're, you're maybe thinking, well, what, what's it? But there are those films that just lag behind because if you're in a smaller market like ours, you don't get access to them until quite a bit later. And, what, um, and what's funny is in the case of at least one of these, yeah. after getting some awards recognition, it was re-released in theaters yep. in a much wider way, still... Not Other than the Oscar week stuff, you can see it on the screen at Cinemark in the week leading up to the Oscars. Oh, They're okay, doing a couple that. showings. Saw, like Joe is going to the shorts. Yeah, well, dri- drive my car. Oh, did I say it? You drive my it. car well. is. Um, did, did it just didn't get on enough screens to get down to our market? That's it. Yeah, the closest it, it got was yeah, Austin. It was all over the place though. Yeah, yeah it was. But, that's what I'm saying. But now we have access, um, and we're going to get some beer in our glasses because we're going to be talking about that film first. Drive my car. Yeah, back true, in episode one forty two, we did the Baba Brewhouse collaboration with the zombie beer guys. Beer zombies, yeah, yeah, yeah beer zombies. Uh, that was their piece by piece. It doesn't say a number. It was on like a th- series of beers they did for their anniversary that right, year. Right, right. collaboration. Yeah, and behind the scenes, when you look at them up online, they're kind of numbered. That was the yeah. number two. Number two did not appear on the bottle. This is a collaboration with Balcones Distilling, which is using the these Balcones uh, uh, bourbon barrels to age the beer in. Uh, it is aged. It's conditioned on coffee, marshmallow, vanilla. And chocolate, the ABV on Untapped says no ABV. Did you I know, find we, it? No, I could not find uh, a good, consistent... Uh, hey, hey, can I interrupt the proceedings for sure, a second? Sure, uh, Go to thebenmag.com, check oh, out their yeah. new website, but also nominate us for Locals List as your favorite podcast. I probably should have... I'll, I'll, I'll pop that in to next week's episode or to last week's episode. Sure. Cause I didn't yeah, say that's a then. good idea. How did uh, we not? <laughs> uh, but yeah, definitely, uh, definitely get on there and show, show the people how you, that, that, that you love beer in a movie. Yes. Cause yeah, we, we, us out. we have been nominated, but the way that it works is only the top five nominees. Yeah. So yeah. then, so the nomination process is essentially a first round of voting kind of process yeah. where the, you have to get nominated enough times to make it to the final voting to be declared the king of Corpus Christi podcasts, which we all know again? ourselves to be the BenMag.com. The BenMag.com. When we walked into our Bammies episode, there were two films that I wish I'd seen before I formulated my final stuff of the year. Yeah. We're got gonna, a few others, too. We're, well, no, for me, it was these two, oh, okay. and we're doing them tonight. So I'm super, super excited. Yeah, so um, we'll get this beer going, get get it passed around, and then, uh, so let's dive in. Well, first of all, I'm just I'm noting that there is zero head on this beer. <laughs> it is a very still beer as it gets poured, you're right. All right, I was going to launch into it, but now I'm going to pour my beer. I'm going <laughs> to take my time. It's called Getting- beer... And a movie That's Carlos. That's true. The... And I, I'm getting chocolate on the nose yeah. for sure. Ooh. It's not overwhelmingly bourbon-y. But, but a little, I'm getting a little booze, almost like, not not necessarily bourbon, but I almost feel like I'm getting alcohol vapor. It's it's burning my nostrils a little. So there's no Stings description of what is going on mm. in this beer. Just a stout mm. aged in bourbon barrels. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Um, Provided by the Balcones Distilling. Yeah. Yeah. Good. A, a good bourbon, from what I understand. All right, so we're talking about Drive My Car. It is a 2021 Japanese film directed by Ryusuke Hamaguchi. Well done. Love the last name Hamaguchi. Just sounds cool. Mm -hmm. Fun to say. Uh, And it's based on a Haruki Murakami short story, very acclaimed uh, Japanese author, and then screenplay adapted by Hamaguchi with Takamasa Oi. Um, And look, the... This is a three-hour film, yeah. so a lot happens in it. It's about a lot of things, but the best synopsis that I can, film, a very patient film that I can think to give is just the one that's straight from IMDb, so here we go. After his wife's unexpected death, Yusuke Kafuku, a renowned staged actor and director, receives an offer to direct a production of Chekhov's Uncle Vanya in Hiroshima at a theater festival. There he begins to face the haunting mysteries his wife left behind. I don't like that part of it, but it is him, you know... Uh, Coming to terms with the reality he might have been avoiding. Yeah, there's there's that. And, and there's also the layer of uh, this play, Uncle... Um, Uncle, Uncle Vanya. Uncle Vanya was um, a play that he was acting in when his wife passed. Right. Um, and so revisiting that and trying to avoid... Uh, as he says, yielding himself over to it mm-hmm. uh, as an actor. So he's taken a, a slightly detached role as just the director. He's not acting in it as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, so there's, there's a lot of stuff going on, but I, it, I, my issue with that synopsis is the like secrets or mysteries his wife left behind. It's not like she left clues for him to solve some fucking puzzle or something. No, which no. I feel like it, that that particular synopsis kind of uh, suggests. But, but yeah, I mean it's a it's a three hour movie with a thirty minute prologue. Uh, forty, it's forty minutes. It's when forty those minutes. Run. Okay, yeah, so no, credits I, run I made note of that. Minutes. I actually laughed. That was one of the few times I laughed in the film. There were a couple funny little moments, but not a lot. <laughs> not a lot. Not a lot. Uh, but when those credits started, I'm like, <laughs> right. Right, because you see one thing come up, oh, and maybe man. it's just the director showing. A, no, no, they're doing the credits, and the movie's been going for forty yeah, minutes. Right? No, yeah. I've seen this character evolve. Yeah. I've seen him go through this whole experience. Sure. Yeah. And in that forty minutes, we learn a, a lot. Yeah. I mean, it does lay the foundation down to where we see a few things. We see that he is an esteemed actor. We see that his wife, we learn that his wife is a screenwriter. We see that... Has a very particular approach to writing her story. I was about to say, they're having sex at one point, and while This is the opening scene. Well, the, no, you're the right. Opening the, sex, scene is post, the opening post-coitus. scene is like post-coitus, where they've... Sure. Yeah. But then later we see that they're, they're making love... Do you mind if I use that term? I just love saying that. Sure. They're making love. And I, I why, don't. I don't love that you love saying it, but I'll allow. <laughs> but when you, <laughs> while they're in the act, which is a prolonged kind of situation, she's in bliss and also giving. Well, I mean, that's what happens when I do it, Carlos. I don't know if you're like in agony when you're doing it, but when I'm doing it, it's blissful. Um, she's giving like. Plot points and and dialogue right. of a screen a screenplay that she's that she's writing. We see that she introduces her husband to a younger actor, a mm-hmm. male actor, and then we see him walk into his own home when a flight is canceled, and she's not she's not expecting right. He's supposed him. to be out of town, and she, yeah. he walks into her having sex with somebody else. Right. We see 
that he sees them. We see that they don't see him. Though he does he not quietly react retreats, that, yeah, right. And then life just kind of goes on. Then fast forward, the, the, and they talk about their relationship. They talk about how they work together and how why it works. And after mm-hmm. he catches her, and then we see her tell him, "Hey, tonight when we need you get to home, yeah. will you? Can, can we have a talk?" Yeah. And then he returns home later, and she has passed. She had had like a brain Cerebral hemorrhage or something hemorrhage, like yeah. that. And Presumably still alive when he gets there, though. The way he talks about it later. Yeah. It, he he tries to revive her. He calls 911, but I didn't yeah. see her. No, but she I didn't move, but right. Right. She, He's, she was probably. I think it's more so because he drove, He because he didn't go straight home. Yeah. I think he feels. Oh, yeah. We, know, of, we yeah. learned that he has glaucoma after he gets into a car wreck and, yeah. and he can still drive, but we got to put these drops in your eyes or else it could get worse and maybe you can't drive someday. And that's the first Ford. That's a full But he has film. this very particular relationship with driving his car, too. Yeah. And we see that in the first 40 minutes where he... It's part that's of his acting he, His method ritual, yeah. to learning a play is to be constantly running the lines of dialogue through the play. With a cassette with, tape With this cassette of, of his wife speaking all the other parts other than his so that he can add in his specific cadence of the learn the play that way. And that's a movie. Like, we see a movie, and then the movie begins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially right. because the synopsis is like after the death of his wife, which happens 40, 40 minutes, minutes in. in. Yeah, right. Uh, so, yeah. Which is interesting because you could imagine a version of this film. And again, I haven't read the novel. I've, I've read one Mur- it's a short story. Murakami novel. Okay. I, I haven't read the short story then. It's like the film was adapted from like one particular short story while also incorporating elements of, of other short okay. stories in oh, the same collection from what i understand right well, um, now it's fast forward two years but it, but you could imagine this being told through flashbacks you not doing the 40 minute prologue yeah. or yours you know what i mean like we could have seen him casting this actor and then flashbacks to him meeting him you know but the choice was made no we're going to give you that moment you know that first act of the film essentially that's going to be devoted to that relationship and what it was toward you know when it was about to end in an untimely manner because of her you know sort of surprise death and then we'll let you see what happens yeah I don't want to be the one to lead this discussion. Okay, so fast. Okay, well, so <laughs> fast forward. To, for fast yeah. forward two years, he's been given a an employment opportunity, like Carlos said, to working with this theater to festival group, this play that he's very intimate with, right? Um, and the last time he was performing it after his wife's death, he had walked off stage, had an incredible had a emotional breakdown. breakdown, yeah, and the play ended, right? So he has not acted this play. Then it's told by the festival organizers that because of an unfortunate opportunity... <laughs> now, that was kind of funny. I, I, yeah. did, I did crack up at that. <laughs> because of an unfortunate thing that happened in the past, our insurance requires that we provide you a driver. Yeah. And he meets his new driver. I don't have the notes up in front of me to say this actress's name. Okay. Yeah. I'll look up here. Sorry. A young woman, though. Yeah. Yes. And he's reticent because his car rituals, as mm-hmm. we've already said, are very, very, very important. I don't want another person in the car with me to do what I do. I don't want to give over the control of driving to another individual. But when this young actress, Toko Miura, and the character is Misaki Watari, demonstrates to him that she's a fantastic driver, mm-hmm. we learn why later, then uh, he gets more comfortable with it. And, you know, the the, the play, the, well, all of the She technic- allows him to run the line. I mean, he still is able to run the lines in the car like he had been. Well, she's very, she doesn't, she doesn't really want a relationship. 
but she right. just wants to do her job. Mm, yeah. She's very standoffish doesn't want all to of the time. Yeah. His, yeah. I don't want to get involved in your business. You don't need to get involved in my business. But I don't even sl- want to sit in your car. I'll rather sit outside in the cold. Right, because yeah. I, I know that this car is important to you, but yeah. slowly over yeah, time... It's a beautiful they, sob. They, it I was going to say, it's only... It's only unfortunate that there isn't a you know best car category in the Oscars because I'm pretty sure this would the be bands. right at the top. Um, I don't know. Titan might win because it's, it has the ability to impregnate. I don't know. I think I'd I think I'd rather be impregnated by this Saab Turbo than the other. But no, it's a beautiful red uh, Saab that. Uh, and I'm not a car person, but mm-hmm. I do like that body style. It's got to be like a. Is that like a '90s era Saab? I, I don't know. I don't even well, know. yeah, he's had it for 15 years. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I think it's '90s. So it, yeah, and it, 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 he has clearly taken care of it. It's a beautiful vehicle. Um, you know, it's funny when you see a film like this, which is clearly—I mean, this is an art film, right? I mean, like we're not talking about a film that's going to please mass audiences. Yeah, it's, it's nothing to do with like if you consider other foreign films that have broken through recently from uh, *Parasite*, *Parasite*, which is horror slash action slash human slash all of it slash suspense and thriller. No, this is a human story. Yeah, and it's this is a very subtle drama. Yeah, and and a lot of what it's doing is showing you characters who are unable to fully express themselves. Which is why a lot of that muted palette emotionally. Where yes, when you get to that him breaking down on or off stage, actually he's able to get himself off stage. But when you get to that him breaking down at the conclusion of that first act, when we finally get to the credits, it's this intense moment because it's all been so restrained right up until then. And and it kind of this the next part of the film going into it stays very mute. You know, it, it kind of comes back to that. Well, it's, it's very natural weird. when you are grieving the loss of someone so close to you yeah. that you throw yourself into his your work. Sure. So two years later, when he's able to direct this, you see him throw himself into it via the kind of meticulous, like, sequences of casting yeah and table reads right but these very very structured very um deliberate like where he will not allow them to emote they are just reading the lines just reading yeah oh stop stop acting and touching one another and reacting the way that you might on stage someday we're just reading the text but what's important to note is that this is an experimental version of Uncle Vanya, which will be multilingual, yeah. including one of the actresses that shows up to audition uh, signing yeah. uh, mm-hmm. the inability to, to speak. So uh, when she comes in, it totally fits this experiment. One of the languages that we can present this play in is certainly ASL. Yeah. Uh, not I'm sorry, ASL. KSL, yeah, Korean. Korean yeah. sign language. And... It, He's also casting people outside the age of the characters and stuff. Right, uh, right, because the young actor who Vanya. he's using is Vanya, the character he had played in, earlier in the film, is the one who had that relationship with his wife mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he's and, the only and one And very young it, yeah. to be playing that character. He's got to be in his early 20s, probably. Yeah, but then the d- director, uh, Kafuku, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I, I got close. Yeah, um, Kafuku. Okay, I thought so. Um even tells him, the younger actor playing Vanya, that there are other people who had been cast outside of their appropriate age as well. So yeah. it's uh, it's not just he's probably the most egregious uh, example right. of that, but yeah, he's really taking a lot of liberties with uh, 
the original yeah text and yeah the and, way but, he's casting it and everything and later in the film when you hear him talking about at least how he feels about Chekhov the you know the playwright here and the the work that he did that like speaking his words you can't help but you know, speak them in some kind of reality. Like there's going to be some reality to them. It's going to touch your own life. Like there, he was such a great writer of human drama that whatever you're talking about is going to be something that actually connects to the way you are, which in the case of Vanya and what was being said, in the, at least earlier in the film, definitely connected to sure. how he was feeling about with his wife and, mm-hmm. and the loss of his wife. The play's lines are a character in the film. Absolutely. The play itself that they're rehearsing yeah, and that he yeah. did earlier is a character. I had to read the synopsis of Uncle Vanya Same. after I was, well, I, 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 I actually did it in the middle. Yeah, because I, yeah, I, I watched this piecemeal. Like, I have to admit, three hours, it was tough for me to be able to budget a full three-hour viewing. You know, when you're streaming a film, you have that luxury, and I don't I know. wish I didn't. I know. I think, I think it would be Being more... Being trapped it was in a, the theater. Now, that said, I love this film. I oh, think it's, I think it's a, a very powerful film. I feel like I need to give it that kind of of unadulterated viewing experience soon where I'm just going to lock into it and really enjoy it because, um, you know, the way I saw it, I think was very effective, but I think it would be even more so. I hope maybe I'm going to go to one of those screenings when it's at the Cinemark here just so that I can experience Mm -hmm. it that way Um, because it's a beautifully shot film. I mean, the road Mm -hmm. and the car... It, I wasn't joking when I said, like, this deserves best car for a filmmaking award because just so many great driving scenes. I was thinking it, it was kind of a funny thought that came to my head, but since Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I don't think I've seen another film that really loved the car and the road sure. and that sort of that driving as, as sort of this big presence in the film. Very different tones that these films strike right but this connection with like being interested in driving and and what it stands for and what it's and i think this film is actually using it very deliberately as this metaphor right i mean i think that there's something going on where the way he uses the car where it's like there's this constant motion he's right i mean he's moving he's transporting himself from one place to another from one point in his life to another point in his life and yet during that he's in complete stasis and he's in this kind of chamber where he's closed in and he's sitting still and he's almost meditative right which i felt that with driving i Mm -hmm. i'm as much as cars are horrible i i kind of against my own best self love driving i love the act of i don't love cars but i do love but you have a relationship with the car that you drive even if it's not even a car that you love you have a relationship with the car that you drive and it fits a function in your life conveyance but it also is the place where you find some of the best music that you ever or listen to some of the best podcasts or or run the line or run whatever it is whatever it is that helps you to get out of the other stuff Mm -hmm. that allows you to lock into something else He's using it that way and in this very deliberate way. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's kind of this, it's its interesting where there is this kind of stillness to the character in all, all times, right? Like he's moving, but he's constantly moving through his life and there's constantly these things happening. And it's kind of this question of when is he going to confront them? When is he actually going to... Well, he's very stoic and he doesn't yeah. speak his emotions. Right, right. Uh, nor do the other characters. Nor I mean, does the driver There is that a cultural hires, element to this, him. right? Yeah. I mean, Japanese culture... And I, I feel a little bad kind of making this kind of generalization, but I've seen enough Japanese films, read enough Japanese literature to know that in general there is a, 
even more so than American culture, there is a hesitancy to express emotion. Like emo- th- things are kept under the surface. Yeah, and, and you know, it's it's funny. I was listening to Adam Knows Everything, uh, Adam Conover podcast, and he had this guy on who's like a an expert on like Chinese culture and history and whatnot. And it was the title of the episode was. Uh, something about America's relationship with China or misunderstanding of China or whatever. Um, and the guy said something about how, you know, when he was living over there, once you break in to Chinese society, it's very like welcoming and there's a lot of food that's important and mm-hmm. communal kind of stuff. And, and he was like, yeah, you know, it's, it, it's very different from even Japan where things are much more ceremonial and, you know, mm. there's more, much more structure to, which you can see that kind of thing uh, in this. So just to uh, reinforce your yeah. point, um, I had been confronted with that fairly recently yeah. in a podcast that I was listening to. Um, you know, I think that this movie is like Minari in that it will. Joe likes it though. Not be thought about again after award season. Just like Joe said about Minari, where he was like, yeah, this is the one that everyone's talking about. This is the flavor of the year for an international kind of entree into that best picture list. But uh, but once the once fucking power of the dog wins, then we'll (laughs) we won't talk about power of the dog. I'm sorry. Drive my car ever again. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with you. Uh, I don't. I don't agree with me. I was trying to see what David would do. No. <laughs> You're trying to start a fight. I'm sorry. I stepped I in. Ah, I was. Uh, I was try just, again later. I was just trolling. Uh, this movie's fucking good. This movie's so good. Oh, uh, good. I'm glad that you weren't. Oh, jeez. No, 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 no. no, you, no. You I, did. I, 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 re- I really liked it. I, I, uh, you know, it's interesting because. With someone like Paul Thomas Anderson, while I do like most of his films, after watching most of his films, I find myself thinking that could have been 30 minutes shorter, mm-hmm. save for Punch Drunk Love, probably. Um, and not just him, but there are other kind of breathier filmmakers whose run times tend to be really long. Yeah. Uh, I guess Matt Reeves that we talked about last week is kind of one of them. His movies tend to be a little on the longer side compared to a lot of others. But, uh, and so going into any movie with a three hour runtime, again, the Batman included, I'm always a little skeptical of like, did it need to be three hours? Like, what am I getting myself into here? You know, but I didn't really feel the length on this one. I mean, the only reason that I was ever really cognizant of it was because I watched it right before you guys came over. I finished with about 30 minutes to spare. <laughs> so my anxiety towards the runtime was more of just like, am I going to finish this or are they going to get here? And I'm going to have to be like, hey, go wait in the room for a minute while I wrap up the last 15 <laughs> minutes of this movie. While I cry. Um, <laughs> but it was really... One thing that I found kind of funny and almost laughed out loud was when he's auditioning uh, actors and actresses. Yeah. Uh, the room is set up very similar to the audition room in the film audition. Uh, oh, it's yeah. like a big, spacious, sure. like yeah. bright uh, thing, which I don't. I just saw that similarity immediately. Huh. It, it not similarity. It just reminded me of the room from audition, which yeah. I, uh, which kind of made me laugh because wow, very different films. <laughs> <laughs> they are very different um, films. 
but yeah, I really liked it. I loved the kind of slow burn with the relationship with the driver. Yeah, um, yeah we haven't gotten into that. It too was much. definitely something that they really took their time with, which I thought was great. Um, he's definitely older than I thought that he was. So whenever it's kind of revealed that the lead, the lead, oh. that his relationship with the driver is almost kind of like a surrogate daughter kind of thing, mm-hmm. uh, not. Not super explicitly, but there is that element there because yeah. his late daughter. It's, it's not romantic. Be, it's, it's not it's, romantic. Yeah. No, no, no. But it could have been. Because, it could have, but it's not. Because, I was wondering because, well, in that snowbank, are they gonna fucking kiss? See, by that time, well, I, I already. I didn't, I didn't. Yeah, by that time, I already didn't. I had already washed any sense of romance from my uh, suspicions. It was before that where I was like, mm, "Is this gonna happen?" But again, it was because I didn't realize how old he was. Like I knew they had lost a child. But when he said that that child would have been twenty three, I was yeah. like, "Whoa, that's way older than I clocked either of these people for being." Because yeah. neither, especially Otto, the character Otto, doesn't it's a Japanese clean diet the, doesn't appear to be right. that old. I I I put her in her early thirties, and mm-hmm. I put him maybe in his mid thirties. But they would have to be both in in their forties, most likely yeah. at least. Yeah. Twenty year I mean, old, you know the. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I. I didn't think about this until just now, but I don't think there's like a really high teen pregnancy rate in Japan. It's not something you really hear about no, as the way not. you do in the States. But that's your questions. Um, <laughs> well, but, but you know, I just I understand what you mean. Cause they, if, if they are in their late thirties, they had a kid really, really, really fucking young. No, yeah, you I know? think they're in there. Um, I think he's 40 something. Yeah. yeah but I mean, the yeah, character so, of Vanya so, is 47 and I feel like there's a little dialogue in there that I think applies to the character, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause there definitely was a point with the, driver where i was like is this gonna end up romantic and i'm glad it didn't i liked where their relationship well went. They were, i really liked what they did with her character too because yeah. you really don't start learning about her until what like the last hour two hours in that's it i mean like i did not know how much of a part she was going to become until that See, because when he accepted her i thought it was maybe more him giving over control it was more about right, him yeah, more about him I, right i didn't know that Which they were going to go there and develop this other character who kind of had this similar very traumatic yeah life, trauma yeah. in in her mm-hmm. past that she needs to get over and she's still hung up on and and they could kind of do it together and support each other it, 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 yeah it's yeah beautiful it's there. it's interesting because you see the poster and the driver's on it yeah right so you think it's about these two people right and then you're an hour and a half in and you're like oh, i guess the driver really isn't that important that's kind of right. interesting but the and titles then, drive my car so it's got to mean it's got to mean yeah. exactly and then but then she starts opening it up and you're like oh Okay, like, and so, you know, in an interesting, in a very interesting way, I think, the patience and the stillness of this film makes it feel not as long as it is. Do you know what I mean? Uh, This movie did not, I I watched it in pieces too. Because the fact that you start learning about someone like that. Would you say you watch this piece by piece? (laughs) (laughs) I uh, knew there was a perfect tie-in. <laughs> you did it, David Gray, I watched you son it, of a bitch. I watched it all in one sitting. But yeah, the fact that you start learning... <laughs> yeah, with your hand, with one eye on the wall, on your, on your wristwatch. Uh, the, uh, the fact that you start learning about a character that late in, it's just like, even though the film's been going on for so long, there's this new thing well, that starts happening, and so there's... That's why it's like, it's kind of this patience that the film has. I said that earlier. Like, I, I felt like 
it wasn't that it was slowly paced. It was just that it didn't feel the need to rush to the next day. It was yeah. like, let us let let's experience what he's doing right now. Okay, he's entered yeah. this new project. He's getting to know this. He has this past relationship with this actor. Uh-huh. Is that going to come to the surface? That Is was definitely the guy that Otto was sleeping with, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. it comes up, yeah. but the, that's the drama of. Well, it. that's because he knows the story further. She was clearly narrating Dude. story to him while that she was having sex with him. Was... She narrated to. Yeah. That right. was Which, wouldn't that be emasculating? Okay, so if your role as hus- if one word, of your roles as husband and therefore sex partner of your of your wife is to participate with her in this requirement she has Wait, wait, wait. Marriage comes with sex partner privileges. <laughs> well only if it's Nobody part- told me. Only, <laughs> if it's, <laughs> well, only if it's critical to your work. Like if you're if you and Aaron are going <laughs> yes. at it and you're like oh, coming God. up with like your your um Oh fuck! My I, syllabus. I, I, yeah, syllabus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, syllabus. week ten. Week ten. We're right. gonna. <laughs> week ten. We're gonna like, watch this. And then Aaron's like, "How many weeks are in a semester? My God, let's finish this thing up already." <laughs> okay, um, okay. Okay. Sorry. That's, these are horrible uh, uh, insights into David Gurney's love life. <laughs> if if one of your roles is to be there for her in this situation, where that's what it requires her to create. And you know that she finished the story with another I know. guy and didn't yeah. tell you. Dude. That well, that's probably what be... she was going to tell him. Or you, you imagine maybe there was something tied into that, where like she had crossed this line with maybe a, a relationship. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, did you she don't know the you line, or did she just yeah. have sex with well, him because... after the afterward, and he hadn't had sex with I her d- to hear the rest of it? No, because do I... you think she would re-narrate? I don't know. I wouldn't fake that she was having the same inspiration again. Right? No, no, no. no. I, I think, I think. I, I I think I think David's like, right. Why are you talking about your new project? What about the old one? Oh, that was with some other guy. Don't worry. Yeah. About it. I think I think David's on to something about the like crossing of a line because it, it seems as though there hadn't been another incident and there hadn't been another extramarital incident in between the last time that they have sex because. Right. They have sex one night. Uh-huh. She's coming up with a new story idea. The next morning, he can't remember it to recite it back to her. Right. He leaves and she says, hey, I want to talk to you tonight. So if she finished it and just didn't get a chance to tell him, that means that day she would have had to have had sex with Otto. Or not with Otto. Sorry. Otto would have had to have sex with the younger actor who's playing Vanya. His right, name yeah. I can't remember off the top of my head. But... Um, and so I think that I think David's right. I I definitely did have that at the end of the movie where I was just like, I just really wish that I could know what she was going to talk to him about. Yeah. Like, there's this part well, of me that wants to know everything. And then we don't even like the the fact that it seems like, and I the character is Koji Taka Takatsuki is the younger actor okay. who who probably ha- who had the relationship with the wife. The fact that. You know, he does what he does. Bold move. <laughs> well, for him. Bad move, but yeah, I mean. Oh, no, I, I mean for him showing up to this play at all and, oh, like, and, oh. and, and starting to talk well, to. Well, but, but his life is Kafuku. in a death spiral. Like, no, I mean, it is. Yeah, you, then you find out later, he yeah. had, right, like he had had a relationship like, with, with a minor. minor yeah. And then he and kills then, a guy. And then he kills a guy. <laughs> right. I mean. Didn't see that coming. And you think like it probably traces back. I think he probably had this kind of real strong connection with this well, he was with in love Oto. with her. Yeah. yeah, right. Was in love with her, and then like lost that relationship. And even though, yeah, we're focused. Shows on up to the funeral. Bold move, Yusuke. Um, 
you know, which is makes sense. And like, there's a whole other story going on there that we're only getting like the tip of that iceberg. I don't mm-hmm. know that. And I love that. Here's a three hour film that leaves me with more questions. So layered about these other characters yeah. who kind of get, we see play out in certain ways. Um, and we get real in depth with a couple of them, but the others on the fringes, I love the couple with, you know, the, the, um, the deaf, uh, actress. Her, her husband is a cute man. He is. He's got, very, well, he's got a very, he's got a very sweet face and he he's smiling all the, even face, when he's yeah. frowning, he has like a, his eyes are smiling. Yeah. It's, it's smizing really, is what. Smizing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, it. It's kind no, of incredible. No, seriously. He I, has I, like a, I believe you. Yeah. I really liked him. Yeah. You know, really we haven't talked about the, and maybe we shouldn't. I mean, there's plenty of spoilers so far. I, we all love it. Everyone should see it kind of thing. Oh, right? for okay. sure. Yeah, it's great. Uh, so stop I'm glad now. it's in the mix. It won't win Best Picture. No. I'm glad it's in the mix. I'm glad it will get, I'm <sighs> glad it will get more people seeing it. Yeah. Well, no, I agree too. Like there's something like this is what does that, Jane Campion know about the old west that's a good point <laughs> oh god. homosexual oh my no. god sorry that I opened that door I, there, there are some Talk great about it there hours. are some great films in the running this year so I I mean I I get it and this is a more subtle kind of drama but it would be totally justified if this thing won I'd I, I would be ecstatic that because it would make upset. more people see it, it would now get Coda will be the upset it. but we'll is it is it more nominated likely. for foreign picture it is but it'll yeah. get that it'll, it'll get win that, that. Yeah. it should get that um, I was going to say though that the the driver herself has her own backstory and once oh, we yeah. begin probing into that I it's what depressing. is this film about you've got a play being produced that is in multi multiple languages. We have a, a director of the play that uh, does not allow his actors to emote in a prolonged table reading. Well, yeah, but it's a process. Understood. Yeah. And then in that process, they go out to the park and begin kind of acting and improvising some scenes. And you see this moment where two actresses, including the deaf actress, have a, a, a moment of creative bliss. Yeah. And then which to me is the key to the whole film. The idea that when we do not talk about the things that are inside us that are painful, and then we have the ability to, which is what he has with this driver now, that the two of them can share the most intimate of the secrets, that the driver is there when the young man who had an affair with his wife comes and sits in the back of the car, and and, and, and before the young man can be fully honest he glances at the driver and our lead says don't worry about her don't worry about her yeah continue this moment mm-hmm. and then i know you had an affair with my wife yeah and i know you're in love with her i know we share that but i am not your salvation here i'm not the key for you to find closure here yeah um that moment and that he allows the driver to see that moment allows her then to begin opening up where they can open up with one another. Then she tells her horrible backstory and then they go together to the scene of that backstory. Well, the cut, yeah, right. The culmination of it. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then they can share a moment where their emotions can be free. Mm. Even if it's brief, even if it goes away when they get back in the car and head well, back to Hiroshima. Well, they can admit their guilt. Like, there, there's this, I mean. That's a huge moment. The, the Catholic in me is it very much recognizes this idea of, like, needing to sort of Absolve. Confess, confess and repent and, like, this, which they've not allowed themselves to do. They, they, they've known internally. They've felt this guilt. They've, they've had it weighing on them, but they've not spoken it aloud. They've yeah. not shared it with anybody else. They've not allowed themselves to have somebody 
tell them that they're they should be feel forgiven like that there's nothing because the people they've wronged are dead both of them resulted in you know again one is a wife who passed who he feels responsible for maybe having let her do that because he when wasn't she there told when, me that she needed to talk I right. dilly dally right. and didn't get on home because I didn't want to have that talk for fear of losing her. Mm. And what if I had been there when she had that hemorrhage? Right. Would I have been able to save her? Yeah. Maybe I killed her. And my the wife. mother who might have still been living under the rubble if she had been more uh, aggressive about getting help to her. And if she had gotten any help at all. Right. Yeah. Right. And it, it's just, it's heartbreaking stuff. And you understand how these things play out and you understand why the baggage that gets attached to these things gets attached to these things and there's no way to get out of it it's just you have to accept it and 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 i think you know part of the the beauty of the film is again with the play is this kind of framing mechanism that's right this thing that you keep returning to the play has a lot of the same themes involved well, being multilingual it. and having to break through language barriers that's what's happening in that's the real part world of it. that's part of it i gotta sure. break through my language barrier of silence and by actually I, speaking right. my issues and my problems and my guilts and to another person yeah for some some solace right 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 and and the and that your relationships with other people sometimes dictate how your life works and that sometimes you get to have control of that other times you don't it's it's very there's a lot going on here and that's why i say like i look forward to watching this film again yeah if only to be able to have that more i'm going i'm going to that oscar screening i'm gonna go because i want to be locked into it and see the director's vision from beginning to end and take that journey Mm. as it is slowly 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 and it's a quiet film but when music happens it happens in in a way that it should i think the the score is kind of more selective here and more sporadic but it's it's very nicely done Again, the shots are driving. Yeah, I highly recommend this film. There, I mean, there's talking, no reason that you should avoid. It's on HBO Max, folks. If you yeah. have that platform, yeah, it's right there. Do it. Get on it. Talk about quiet. I mean, like the climactic monologue that this film ends on is in sign language. Yeah, it's a very prolonged. That's true. Scene yeah. of dead silence. And oh, it's interesting oh, oh, on stage. Mm-hmm. It, it's, yeah, it's interesting. Oh yeah. yeah, it was so good. She has her arms around him mm-hmm. signing. Yeah. Beautiful. Which she had done in the park. That that, that was an interesting. Yeah, that, yeah, beautiful movie. My God. And there's it's 15 just... subplots we didn't even get into. I mean, it's that layer. Yeah, this film. There, there, there. Like I said, there are other things that could be their own films mm-hmm. that are kind of going on in the periphery of this one. And uh, you know, I think I think it has the right focus. I'm not. That's not a critique. It's just that rich of a story. Yeah, it just means that the. It, I mean, we are watching a masterclass in character development. Yeah. You know, when you have characters that are that rich and layered and have that much depth and have that much right. backstory of their own, that they could carry a whole movie about themselves. Yeah. But they're within this. I mean, it's just. I really want to see that. The, the scene where there is that conversation between the young actor and, and him in the, in the backseat of the car, I think especially is one that I can't wait to watch again. It. It feels very like the point that he makes there about that, you know, you look into somebody else's heart and you're never going to be able to, like, comprehend what it is that that's going on there because there's going to be things that heart hurt you and that, mm-hmm. like, there's nothing you can do. But even looking into your own heart is something that people rarely do. And if you can at least do that and kind of follow it like that, I, there was just something profound there where it's like, yeah, like, you're never going to understand why your wife 
was with these other men and why she did like and that's not something that you're going to be able to ever understand the best you can do is perhaps understand what's going on within you which he has not done you know what it's it's just did you watch it with your significant others today no. carlos did you no i watched this one alone so will you take aaron to the screening if i can make it work yeah okay, if you don't i'll be your date okay all right <laughs> kylie watched a little bit of it yeah. but yeah, not a, not a it, it would be. I think it's a great film to see as a couple for sure. Sure. Yeah. 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 Oh, guys. I, Good I mean, film. Man. I'm I'm on cloud nine here, drinking piece by piece number nine. I, I'm <laughs> oh, I'm gonna God. just show. <laughs> it's almost like this was a love potion number nine. Maybe something like that. I I mean. I, I'm feeling its effects. I, yeah. I, I really... I we mean, don't know the ABV, but we know there's some in there. We don't for sure, but it is an imperial stout. We know it's been aged in bourbon barrels. We tend to get north of 10% I was going to say, least. it's probably double digits. My first question is, Does the uh, did the brewers intend on there being zero carbonation? Probably. There's a little bit. There's a little bit. I'm, These I'm, really thick stouts tend to not be overly carbonated, though. And I don't get like ahead them to when be. you pour... A little bit sometimes, but like think about the uh, not on many. Not on think those about the weathered souls one that we had. Yeah, uh, the black is beautiful one that was incredible yeah, okay. with with the long row. Well, I'm not saying it's I mean, uncommon. I'm just curious if that, I mean is that design or I, is that the way it comes out? Personally, when it comes to a heftier like full bodied stout, I don't want that carbonation because it's going to hit my tongue and kind of sizzle a little bit if it's too carbonated, mm-hmm, and yeah. I don't want that with these. I want that smooth, silky full-bodied kind of feel to it and with the carbonation you put all those bubbles into it you lose the ability to have that silky kind of texture uh so i think that they crushed well my, one and knocked my, it out of the park really i mean it's uh, my question aside it's a beautiful beer it tastes great. so so good and you're right david that ABV effect is going straight to my head <laughs> I, let's just be honest it's not it's not quite as much as uh, as that weathered souls that we had, but I mean, some glass coating is happening. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, it's a thick boy. It's and it, it definitely, you're right about the chocolate. Yeah, some caramel mm-hmm. is in there as well for me, um, and just the right amount of barrel. I think there's not a ton, but it has clearly added something. Added to texture. Yeah, no, it's yeah. there, but it's it's not over the top, and it's not super not boozy. Even no, even though I was getting a little bit of that like sort of alcohol burn when I was when I was sniffing at the beginning. The flavor does not have that. I'm not getting like that overpoweringly hot, boozy. That's why you have to waft, David. You can't just okay. stick. You can't just yeah. stick your nose right down. In well, but these glasses it. are designed to stick our nose right into that. It's part <laughs> as, of as I immediately stick my nose into. Yeah, it's part of the full sensory experience of drinking a good beer. Make sure you have the proper glassware. Don't drink your beer out of a can. Pour it into a glass. Take that extra five seconds. Unless it's Heady Topper, where you're supposed to. Drink. <laughs> unless it's, it's Lone Star or Miller Lite. It says it can, straight on there. It drink does. out of the it can. Does. That's They're very strict about they, it. They don't want uh, you to stick your nose in it. I, I, I am so glad we finally caught up to this. I One quick question, or maybe we reserve it to the end of the show or even after hours. Did this uh, did this alter your top five at all from our Bammies episode a few weeks ago? That's an after hours question. Patreon.com. Okay. Like yes. <laughs> podcast. Okay. And the next film we're about to do. $5 a month gets you a bonus episode every single week. Uh, that's quite a value if you ask me. Yeah, definitely think that's after hours fodder because we already did the Bammies. Okay. The main feed has gotten a big, healthy, hearty dose of 2021. Okay. And, review after hours first yeah, question we'll, we'll no delay first sure. question no between delay. this film and the film we're about to discuss is your top five altered for 2021 yeah 
Got it. Got we'll it. Talk about it. All right, and we are going to talk about another film from 2021 that we just recently were given access to that maybe also potentially maybe. I don't know could have mm-hmm. altered our top fives. Yeah. We'll see when we return. So happy. <laughs> Here oh, we go. Um, for sure. Oh, yeah. So it's me first. Um, let me finish this. <laughs> he's, he's got a swig to take, folks. Oh, yeah. Slam that. <laughs> that slam that stout that's that, getting us that, all uh, little yeah, lightheaded. Barrel aged out. So your glass needs a rinse out, my brother. It does. We're, we're, we're shifting gears, folks. We're making we're it going, work. Okay. Going to a different film. And this one is a direct tie in. This Name is, this is Name some wise. of our best tie-in work that we've done in quite some time. We've been we've been uh, prioritizing beers that we want to drink over beers that fit <laughs> the theme, which is fine with me. Yeah, uh, I don't I don't need a good tie-in. Actually, I kind of enjoy the challenge of uh, taking something unrelated and making it related. It's um, fun when you when it happens, but it, uh, but like you say, oftentimes you just want to let. Okay, this is a beer I want to drink. Let's yeah. let's uh, drink it. Throw yeah. in the idea that if we've got a great beer, a fantastic beer in front of us, it doesn't exactly tie in. I kind of want to drink that one anyway. Yeah, but and this so one works. This one works, and it's also. I got to say something I've never even heard of before, let alone been able to enjoy myself. Um, so this is from Revolution Out of Brewing Chicago. Company from David's Old Stomping Grounds, Chicago, Illinois. Yes, Strawberry Jacket, a slightly drier blend of bourbon and rye whiskey barrel English barley wines. A- yes, you heard that right. It is a <laughs> strawberry barley wine aged in bourbon barrels uh where'd i leave off um uh aged 18 months provides a base for the delicate nuances of fresh strawberry to shine while retaining the same balance we expect of our beloved straight jacket so this is part of uh it's a a take on a beer that they already do this is a limited edition from their deep wood series uh reminiscent a fresh, juicy strawberry atop a creme brulee. This sipper can accompany dessert or stand on its own. Enjoy now or store cold. I have to say, I am aroused by <laughs> the... Apropos. I am aroused by the idea <laughs> of a, a strawberry atop a creme brulee. I love a creme brulee. I don't know if you guys know <laughs> I love know creme brulee. Uh, I didn't one know of that, my favorite but where desserts. do you go for it? Nobody but around no, here does No, I can't, I can't get yeah, it. Not can't around get here. It you got to make it yourself. But yeah. if, if, Do you have a, a torch? Are you torching your own I've never made it. I've never I've never delved into custard Ooh, making I feel like before. this is, we, we got to have like a creme, creme brulee get together. We got to do like uh, a bunch of creme brulee. <laughs> Who are those kind of people, folks? The kind of people that would get to have a creme brulee Who the fuck isn't? If you're listening to this podcast and you don't. Carlos, don't take more than your poor. If you're listening to this podcast and you don't think it would be badass to get together with your friends and make some creme brulee. And listen to some music or drink some beer, maybe watch a movie together. What are you doing? Come on. Yeah. Food a, is food I, is we've made food is established as something we love on the podcast. Yeah, I, I think I think that's a thing that has to happen because I uh, my dad is a big 
vanilla dessert kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So creme brulee is high on his list. And so as a kid, if we went to like a nice restaurant or something that had a creme brulee available on the dessert menu, that's what he go for. He almost always got it. And so there was a French bistro downtown for a while. Okay. Yeah. So, but, 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 but I'm saying I haven't had it in a long time and I should make it. Second question for after hours. If you go to a dessert menu that has everything on it, what do you pick? But why, David, does a strawberry barley wine make sense tonight? Oh, 14.2%. Uh, 14. Oh, 14. 14.2, yeah. If only it was like 17.9, that that would be the way, the, because we have a 17-year-old. Put your nose in there. Do, <laughs> yeah. do you smell the strawberry? Do you smell the barley wine? Pretty plenty, oh, it's, plenty it's boozy? Potent. It's yeah, potent. potent, yeah. There's a lot happening there. I love a good, it's interesting. I'm, I'm excited to wine. sip it. I'm The, the nose is, is um, how do I put it? It is promising, but it's also a little bit perplexing. Okay. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm not sure how I'm going to like it with the flavor, but I'm excited. I'm and the color is odd. It's, it's, it's definitely a. Let me start. It's almost start. a burgundy. It's not a odd color for a barley wine. It's almost exactly what I'd expect, and maybe the strawberry is putting a little extra red. in It there. is. It's slightly red. Maybe an amber color. Anyway, which makes sense because that's the tie-in, folks. The film we're talking about: Sean Baker's 2021 film Red Rocket. Got so much buzz when Did, it first came out. Well, it, it, in the lead-up, yeah, there was definitely a lot of talk. Like, it, it, because it's interesting. I mean, Sean Baker, known for those who paid attention, the Florida Project a few years back, yeah, Willem Dafoe. Um, a little before that, Tangerine. Yeah. The first film, I think it was, was it Senorita? I haven't seen it, but I, I, I've i seen Tangerine. I've seen Florida Project. This is a filmmaker who is definitely on my radar. And who, the commonality there is exploring po- pockets of American culture, sex working specifically, yeah. that you don't see on film often presented in the way that he's presenting them. Yeah, not Starlet any sort or, of... Sim- Starlet, Starlet okay. is what you're talking about? Yeah, maybe. I thought, why did I think Senorita? I, I don't know. know. Maybe but that was Starlet is where the idea for the character that's, oh, of Red Rocket came from. Okay. Um, well, well, here we have the 2021 film by Sean Baker starring Simon Rex. He's probably the most notable name here. Somebody who I don't know that well because he was on MTV after the era that I was watching MTV on a regular basis. Did you have a Simon Rex? Scary uh, Movie 3. Okay. He's he, he's done a little bit of acting before. He's, he's in there and his big moment in that one is... Um, in a eight mile kind of parody he plays where he plays the m&m character yeah and um, there, there was like uh you know he's there at the shelter and he rapped too he did have like a see i i didn't know that but that is true okay and so in this one you know he's up there on stage in front of all these people and uh he has the hoodie on and stuff and one of the lyrics that he raps is uh something something i put miracle whip on my wonder bread uh and it's just like the widest bar and then eventually they throw him out into a literal dumpster uh but and then he, he's involved in the signs kind of spoof part of that movie as well i mean okay. that that's where i know him from okay and so what a far cry from scary movie three sure <laughs> so yeah. when i saw that he was in it I was I, I, unfortunately I haven't seen the Florida Project yet. I, I know I need to, but there's yeah, some that's films. that's definitely worth. I know it's but it's a heavy Tangerine one, too. and so there's sometimes where I'm just like, am I in an emotional but space for this? But it's right interesting. Now? It's like this one actually. Okay, so let me synopsize this, okay, and sorry, we can get sorry, into yeah. talking about tone. No, so the film, the basic premise is here. We have Mikey Saber, who is a 
uh, former resident of Texas City, Texas, as Joe was saying earlier in the episode, just a little bit up the Gulf Coast from where we are here uh, in Corpus Christi. And he's returned home kind of battered and bruised. Uh, Literally. Yeah. <laughs> apparently having had some sort of falling out with some people he was involved with in, on the West Coast, though, given what we come to realize about his uh, connection to facts and <laughs> <laughs> reality right we we don't really know how much weight we want to put on any of his actual stories he's about an unreliable narrator he is a very sure. unreliable narrator so um but he shows up in this town kind of battered and bruised looking to kind of get a place to hang out and restart maybe because he has 22 dollars to his name right yeah um the reason he's come there is because he once lived there as did his wife i i don't say ex because i believe they're still they're married, still married. They, yeah. they, they haven't Paid to get separated. Yeah. But she clearly despises him. But he mm-hmm. works his way back in to live with her and her mother um, in this small Texas town while he kind of tries to figure out his life in terms of where is he going to make money next? What's his next venture going to be? Don't you get the impression that wherever he came from, before we find out, that he's exhausted all means of being mm. able to survive? Oh, and sure. Now this he's is a last resort. Yeah, now he's it, here yeah. because I got nothing. He's, I got, he's burned I got a ton of I mean, he spent 17 years away... It seems primarily on the West Coast in said Southern he, California. Said he'd never come back to Texas. Right. Full stop. The whole state, not just Texas City. Yeah, yeah. But uh, what's his wife's name? Um, oh, shoot. You're, you would ask. Lil right is Lexi. the mom, right? Lexi. So Lexi. Yeah. I knew it was an L. Lexi says, I thought you said you're never coming back to Texas. Yeah, and yeah. So, yeah, clearly he is hit bottom, it's but he's work. a guy who would say something like that and then go back on it. You you, you sure. learn that later. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, it seems like he would have not returned to his right. estranged wife's house if he could avoid it. Yes, absolutely. Especially because, I mean, I didn't know Texas City was a real place until this movie. I've never heard of that town before. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a right lot of... Right outside Galveston. Yeah, right? yeah. seemingly, yeah. yeah. I've heard of Bay City. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, But, you know, there's a lot of those small Texas towns that yeah, exist sure. that, you, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, not much there no not a place oil but not a place you want to go back to if you're it wouldn't seem right yeah there's not a lot of attraction in fact he spends most of his time at a donut shop uh what when he goes there one evening uh to kind of treat uh (laughs) lil and And uh and lexi he realizes this girl behind the counter he he recognizes something. He sees maybe his ticket out of here again, uh, which you don't quite realize necessarily right away. Well, they, they have a flirt, flirtatious little thing, right? Yeah. Um, I, de- I definitely didn't realize that right away. No, but 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 at a certain point, it becomes apparent that he's grooming her, and yeah. it is going to be his ticket out of there to bring this new starlet to the porn industry. Which mm-hmm. is, I guess, I didn't make it explicit in my synopsis in his time away from Texas City, and where he and his wife Lexi had gone was to the West Coast to become porn stars. Yeah, I think they they had made a sex tape that got some attention that took them there and then they got into the business. She got chewed up and spit out back to home. Yeah. That's, that's, a little sooner than him. I mean, oh, it yeah. seemed like they had both had a pretty good run, at, <laughs> in quotes. I mean, yeah. But two years before, right? They, d- did they say it was two years that she had come back? No, I think no, I think that I think she got chewed up and spit out. I think they were Quickly. there together for two years. Right. Oh, okay. That's all right. Um, all right. And then and then he had to go on to like trying to find and cultivate other talent. Okay. Okay. Because um, it seems yeah, it seems like Lexi has been back there for a little mm. while. Um, but yeah, you know, we don't realize we don't realize explicitly 
it's not like explicitly stated until the very end, but he's what they call a suitcase pimp, which is a, uh, a, a man in the porn industry that feeds off of the female talent, le- kind of leeches off of the female talent. And that's essentially what he did is, you know, tried to find new women to bring into the industry and kind of latch onto them for as long as he could to carry his own career. And mm-hmm. then when they moved on to bigger and better things, he had to find somebody else. And yeah. just, that was the cycle for 17 years that he existed in. He had what he calls model houses, <laughs> yeah. which, uh, there's a, oh God, what was the name of that Rashida Jones documentary? Hot girls wanted, oh, I, I think is what it. it's called. Rashida Jones made this documentary about the porn industry in Miami. Uh-huh. And that's a thing like these people yeah. that, are on the more amateur level in the porn industry have these houses right. where the as they're girls starting out live. or potentially trying it, they it, have a place to be. It's where they're kind of luring, um, you know, younger, naive, just turned 18 mm-hmm. kind of girls into like, Hey, you could be a big star. Yeah. But then really just kind of like using them until there's nothing left to use anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I too, David wasn't a Simon Rex. I didn't know anything about him. Um, what this character is, <clears throat> what this character is, is a narcissistic sociopath who uses <laughs> anybody yeah. for maybe not sociopath, but use. narcissist. Uh, no, I'm pretty, saying pretty complete sociopathic. lack of empathy in his in his decisions to use people. Yeah, which I think is more narcissistic, though. I think when you're talking about a sociopath, you're talking about somebody that doesn't feel emotions. He feels oh, good very point, he, good point, he feels good point. he feels very strong emotions about to, himself. I was going to say he's <laughs> you know? yes, he feels strong yeah, and emotions I'm, and I'm he's, no but he's able to like on a moment's notice sever his yeah. interest in somebody because he else. only cares about yeah, him. Right, I see, right. and I'm no clinical psychiatrist so you you could be correct, but what he does in that opening scene is uh reattach himself to his estranged ex-wife and her mother. Her mother owns the house and she's we find out has her own side hustles that are kind of you know nefarious in society's view. Now that she's not the mom, the wife, the wife is what yeah. I'm talking about. I just need a place to crash. Fine. Then into her bed again. Then into saying whatever he has to say while we as the audience see him acting completely differently. We will be together again. I am in it with you guys. And he does just enough providing money yeah. for rent, providing money for a, a, a treat to the donut store, which is the other interesting thing about this being so close to us is how much I saw of the city we live in in the setting of this film. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I, I, I wondered if it was Corpus much. at for the very opening scene with it, all the refineries. It, yeah. looks, it looks so Corpus-y yeah. all over that Yeah, film. a certain seg- section of Corpus. Certain yeah, section. Yeah. But his, it's, it's this rat-a-tat delivery. It's his ability <laughs> to never stop speaking, to tell the subject, the the vic, the the the, the mark, yeah. whoever he's talking but to, what everybody can I get out of you? Involved, he he's he's looking everything for marks they always. need yeah. to hear to go along with his bullshit, and it works ninety percent of the time. There's ten percent of the time that it doesn't work because the person's a little more street savvy than them. I'm thinking about the drug dealer uh, well, family. Yeah, and when it doesn't work, it really doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Well, and uh, it, well. It, and you can tell it constantly blows up on him. He's yeah. able to do it for a while, but then eventually people figure out that he's full of shit. Well, the and real, they... real life catches up to his bullshit. Right. Like the right. bullshit gets it gets discovered because the real life around him doesn't yeah. support it. It's a, it, this is such an interesting character study. Uh, what a what a fascinating film. I mean, to me, this is 
a kind of character that I know exists and, 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 you know, I'm not so naive, but I just don't see, and, and we don't see it depicted on the screen. And at least it's not just a nefarious character that, that's just kind of like a side character, you know, like sort of besetting, like putting this character front and center in a film and really kind of examining him and showing us these various, like, and there are moments of redeemingness, redemption. I don't know. Better. Where he, well, it just, it's like, there there are things that he does that you get, to, like, I mean, in a given moment, he seems to want to do uh, good things. When he decides there that evening as he's about to leave, that he's going to tell her and be like upfront about it and say, look, this is kind of, this has got to end. I saw that as a plot device and actually uh I don't know. I saw yeah. that as a character statement. I saw that as he actually did have this kind of this attachment like even as much as he can sever these ties he felt the need to like say something he couldn't just go to bed that night and then leave mysteriously the next morning he had to say listen i'm gonna get out of here i think like he wanted to end the relationship the right way and not do it the wrong way and it totally screws him to do that it 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 messes up his whole thing yeah or maybe if it's not the right way he just wanted to end the relationship how old is his character I mean, he's got. I would be guess probably forty. Okay, so 40 he's forty. Let's, may, may, well, let's go you with know, 40. maybe thirty-seven. Hold on. Okay, let's go so with, he's so he's been gone seventeen years. He's been gone seventeen. He graduated years, when he was eighteen. So he's thirty-five. Okay, let's okay. say thirty-five. Let's say forty. What does it matter? His. Well, you asked. Ticket, <laughs> hold on. Listen. His ticket out is courting, grooming. A seventeen, soon to be eighteen year old. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know if we'd get into a licorice pizza conversation again tonight. I didn't know if we well, could, like, nothing, compare and contrast. Well, there's nothing. There's nothing that should make us feel good about this relationship. Absolutely there's no sense not. That I had this... to push pause and look up the legal because she says I'm seventeen and he says it's legal in Texas. Yeah, in Texas, I thought it was eighteen. I I, I googled so the age it. of consent is seventeen. Age yeah. of consent is seventeen yeah, okay. in Texas. So he's not doing anything illegal, but he's doing something icky, and that is oh yeah pursuing a twenty years older than her pursuing a sexual relationship with a high schooler in order to <laughs> not just pursuing it but doing it in right. a duplicitous way to bring her into an industry that she has no aware you know right and because yeah. we the audience know what he's up to the right. idea that hey we should, we should film we us having sex tonight yeah. it's so creepy and mm-hmm. gross mm-hmm. but at the same time as you say david's so compelling yeah, well, you know, it's interesting uh, that he's a bad guy, right? And how often in film is our protagonist like an indisputably bad dude? Right. You know, and I think that's one of the kind of interesting things about this movie. Uh, I also think that an interesting thing about this movie is the use of NSYNC's Bye Bye Bye. Yeah, oh, sure, Strawberry yeah. has no idea who that band is in real life. Like... If the character Strawberry was a real person, yeah. Rayleigh, I think is yeah. her, her actual name, no idea who NSYNC is. Uh-huh. And so it's like perplexing well, I that she, she does this very nice <clears throat> Well, but to me, that was a pretty big song. Yeah, to of, me it's the right biggest, before she was born. It's believable to me that she would have been hearing that on the radio. Well, it's the biggest it's what no big way. song when he was at the height of his career. A career that we hear him talking about over and over and over again to the people that would be impressed huh, by that's that. That's interesting. Career. Yeah. She was certainly not old enough to form memories when that song was relevant. No, but you don't need to. Like, Never Gonna Give You Up is a big song for kids because of Rickroll. But because of, yeah. Because, but, 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 but Bye Bye Bye, 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 bye never bye became is, a Rickroll. 
No, but it's maintained its popularity. It's it's still a popular song. It gets. I mean, not that you listen to it, but I mean, if you listen to like retro radio, it's a song that you're going to hear on like '90s. Yeah, radio I, didn't, I didn't have a problem with the use of that song. I think I understood it. There I didn't have a problem with that. I just thought that it was a slightly unbelievable pick, that you know? she would be able to like hop on the piano and play well. I did like her cover of it, which is on the soundtrack for the. For yeah, the it was. That uh, was a nice moment. It was, it was a cool. Co- it was yeah. an interesting take on the song. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it it it's it struck me as kind of odd. It was really funny when Lexi says the says it to him at the end when he's getting yeah. thrown out of the house. That was, and then I loved it playing backwards. Yeah. Whenever he shows up in San Leon, right, is the town that she lives in that yeah. Strawberry lives in. Yeah. And he shows up to her house and which almost looks like a kind of um, her house and like the kind of shot composition at the end is almost like kind of Tim Burton. Yes. From Edward Scissorhands, that yeah. kind of cookie cutter house. Like, yeah. Yeah, or, no. or even like big fish or something like that. Yeah. Right. Know. Yes. Right. Where, the way he depicts the suburbs. Mm-hmm. Yes. He yeah. is duplicitous at every turn. The idea that he has her, like, first of all, he has no car. So he has to borrow the wife or mother's bicycle. Then, then when he, he needs lawn. rides, he uses his neighbor, by just oh my god just just Lonnie just by telling him stories about the porn industry that a younger man would be titillated by yeah um, the idea that Lonnie has a hustle by you know, doing a stolen valor thing at the mall to for you know for for gratuity for tips busking by presenting himself as a veteran and then gets caught like you're clearly not a veteran yeah. the idea that the wife has a side hustle the idea that the only money he's really making is by the side hustle of drug dealing to refine workers at the donut store it i'm curious why the they never really go into why the refinery guys are off limits well because they get drug tested and it's an easy way to get caught like where did you get the drugs that you've tested positive for but then does anybody ask that when you get tested i don't think that's a thing i don't know i think you just get fired it's a small it's a small town everyone knows upset maybe maybe she was dealing there for a while and then like guys when they were getting tested they were pissed off and i don't know who knows i don't know I, i i just it was it was a, it, it was, was it was a point that was made that never amounts to a lot. No, and is also never explained. And I thought that was kind of strange. Only I, it, in, it, it, it only didn't bother. It establishes that he, I should say, further establishes that he does not listen to those people who give. He doesn't him. care. It's whatever's best. No, and whatever's for him. best for him in the right. short term. You know, that's yeah. the that's the way he's lived his life, his entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, shot in sixteen millimeter. I thought the graininess was super super effective. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's grainy doesn't mean the cinematography is bad. No, it's, it's just, not like it's fuzzy. But I I know what you're saying. It's I the mean, limits they, of the yeah. sixteen millimeter that was a choice by the team to to make this film in. But the but, but the external shots like. Um, I think it's when they're driving to Kima or something. There's like a outside, really sunny type of moment where the image is just mm-hmm. crispy. Like yeah. when you're dealing with that much light yeah. on film, it makes it easy to produce a clear image, even in 16 millimeter. It's right. when you get into the lower light settings sure. that the aperture has a difficult time reading all that information. And then as an audience member, I'm thinking to myself while I'm, riveted watching this guy operate the way that he operates is this going to, is there 
what are we watching here? Are we watching a potential redemption story where he gets his shit straight and there's some kind of happy ending? Or are we watching a trail to his ultimate demise because he's run out of options? Instead, you're looking at a trail just to his next phase. I mean, Yeah, it's it's neither of those things. Yeah. Because presumably Strawberry never picks up on... No, no, no. That was a dream sequence. That last shot was a dream sequence. You don't think he leaves town with her? No, I do not. I I think... What do you think he does? He doesn't have the money to leave town, David. No, I think... They let him take 200, right? 200 bucks. I think... There you go. I think think you're both... I think you're both right. I think that her, like... Well, there's seductively in yeah, the bikini yeah, no. or whatever. That's a dream sequence. That's him sequence. projecting, yeah. That's him projecting. But I do think that he shows up at her house to pick her up, Lack spins, of spins some kind yeah, of tale yeah. as to they're what happens, t- and then they go. They're yeah. going to take off. And even if they don't make it initially, they're going to stop someplace, run some hustle so they can get enough money to get out there. No, this is the next phase of his. He's taken Strawberry I'll, on the I'll, road. I'll buy that and, and it still say that it's a satisfying conclusion oh, to it's, the it's, film. And it's a terrifying one. And, and it's weird. Okay, it's, yeah. it, oh, it's so upsetting. This mm-hmm. this is, I, I think where I was going before, it, you know, it these this is a dark film. Yeah. This is like a terribly dark For film, sure. but it does not feel dark. It's funny. Because well, a lot of it takes place during the daytime when it's a lot bright of it takes and sunny. Place in the day- you know? There's a lot of levity to it. Um, if you can let it roll off your back, he is a pretty funny and charming guy in a lot of the sequences. You know, like he seems unbearable to be around. <laughs> unbearable, and then like, but then like just charming. Way too enough. energetic for Ju- me. <laughs> yes, no. He he is definitely a guy who would. Uh, who would tire me out very Exhausting. quickly. Exhausting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that said, like in the given scenes that he needs to do the things he's doing, like it comes across as pretty convincing. You know what I mean? Like he's, th- the fact that Strawberry falls for him the way that she does makes sense. The fact that Lexi ends up, you know, taking him back in ultimately. The, the fact that Lil trusts him. The, 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 the drug dealer, like. Leandria, yeah. Yeah, th- that stuff makes sense and and he's able to pull it off and i give a lot of credit i know he's gotten some buzz from this like that he did like i don't know that he'll do other films because this seems like maybe this character was just really a good fit for what he can do well early on in simon rex's career he was in uh solo masturbation scenes for, <laughs> well i didn't uh, even mean company. that yes he has he, he, no, he can he can do that so it was like, like a little wink the there right know? but but i meant more like energy level what it, what he's you know kind of bringing to, yeah there's another thing that we got we we can't ignore and that is that they set the film in 2016 and without hmm. hitting you over the head with it there is uh i saw it first when he's walking through the town and there's the bottom half of a trump billboard at the top of the frame yeah and then throughout the film when the tv is on you just yeah, and then throughout the film, when the TV is on, you see snippets of the that that election yeah. that campaign. Uh, the the characters never are like, "Oh, I love this Trump" or "I hate this no, Trump." It's no. none of that. It's just kind of a little thread that's woven through the entire tapestry of the film, and I think it's certainly purposeful because, I mean, you could look at it one of two ways. Number one, that. Um, Simon Rex is a stand-in for the I can tell you anything and the gullible will believe it. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, this is a city. This is a representation of the small towns in America or the rural towns in America that are all in with all the flags and yeah. the billboards. And that was just fascinating. There's one scene 
that I didn't like. And it was when the drug dealers and the family involved come to his house to kind of uh, kick kick him out, yeah. take the money he had accumulated. I felt that that was just a bad day on set. The acting was really poor. You know, the, um, the conflict seemed very stilted and not in line with the rest of the film. I wanted to get really? y'all's take. Yeah. Oh no! You, you, you I, understand the scene when they come into I the do, bedroom? I do. I know and, you're, but I didn't find it to feel flat. Or it was when the acting, forced. the entire film except for him, is used with unknowns. People that the director picked up. He yeah. picked up the mom outside of a, pot, a porta potty because she looked interesting. Right. Uh, um. You know, while they were scouting for yeah, locations yeah. of the filming, so there's a bunch of novice. Lexi is is a is a she has a career outside. She's I think she returned to the screen. Strawberry was kind of discovered by him, I think. But she was in something before this, maybe. But it, maybe, but only one. But, but yeah, the, an not, actress, not much. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> or at it least was, an aspiring. To one. me, it was where the amateur acting kind of really. Okay, took me out interesting. Of the film a no, bit. it it didn't. It was a weird scene, but it was like. No matter how you play that, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be straight. You know, like you're waking yeah. up a guy in the middle of the night and telling him, you fucked up, we're taking your money, get the fuck out of town. And that's the consequences of him, as you said earlier, David, telling her ahead of time. Right. See, I found that anti-character. Like, like, let me tell her in the morning so that there can be no consequences overnight. But right. I, th- that's, but then it, it speaks the screenwriting to the kind trope, of... I think. Not doesn't take me out of the film no, or diminish my no, love for it. No, I, no, I like no, this movie no, no, very no, no, much. No, Joe, that's a good character. That is a good character-driven choice. There was no indication he that he up. as a character was no, changing. No, he doesn't he change. change. He yeah. didn't change. He's that's the he's he's a con man who can get himself to a certain point, but then he's going to fuck it up. He's going to give. He's going to give up a bit of information that he shouldn't have. He's going to. There's going to be a tell there. He's going to get because he's found not a out. good con. Man, That's clearly it. he can get himself to a point on his exasperating charm, like or his unceasing dialogue. But then at a certain point, he's going to overextend himself, and that was the overextension. If you if you talk long enough, you don't give anybody the opportunity to ask questions, yeah. and that's kind of like his thing as a con man, and like the. The interesting bit about this is that I totally agree with both of you because I was also perplexed by his decision to do that. Like, why not just fucking leave the next morning? Like, what's your deal? Like, you were almost there. Not that I want him to succeed in, like, grooming a young girl, but just from, like, a character perspective, it did, that same thought did cross my mind. But then at the same time, and this is another reason that I kind of... uh, push back a little bit on you with the with the sociopath description is that he's a guy that cares a lot about himself and like a certain part of his narcissism is about trying to in his own mind create a, nice a positive yeah. self image yeah and so he, knew, he doesn't see himself as a bad guy he doesn't no. no and so he knows that if he leaves without saying anything indisputably he's a shitbag yeah. and so to him doing that where he tells the mom and Lexi yeah, at the same time good, which is what he was trying to do to put it. it's a self, was, it, even though it seems like the right thing to do it's a selfish act because mm-hmm. he's only doing it in those closing moments because like obligatorily he feels like he's only going to be able to feel good about himself going forward if he does that yeah it's like people that only I give to your chair- point of view I just think that he's such a liar all of the time that him leaving in the morning and explaining I'm going to be leaving right now rather than in the morning 
I get any he had his and he had his rationale, right? Like you threw the coffee pot at me. She did. <laughs> that was pretty bad. Um, you know, like he has his re- like in his own mind he's rationalized. Uh, you know, we may be married and I gave it another go. But we've proven to ourselves that this is just too yeah. volatile a relationship. Much, yeah. We can't do it. Like that has nothing to do with it. You had checked out weeks before. She weeks was throwing before, the she yeah. was throwing the coffee pot because she detected that you were on to your next out, scheme yeah. and that you're out of here. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, him. What a, this is really a rich character portrait. Yeah. of a character that you're not going to see anywhere else, and a character that you're not necessarily going to like. But no, he's so no. charismatic that you can't take your eyes off the guy. I really like Simon Rex. I mean, I think a character you're not going to like, not the actor. I'm talking about no, this no, no, fucking no, no, no. asshole. But I'm just saying in his like abilities as an actor, I hope that there's it, some lane he can carve out for himself. And I've and oh, you know I've, and I've will. and I've seen him tweet like uh when the Oscar noms came out, I mean, there were a lot of people online that were mad that he didn't get recognized, yeah. even though, like, duh, he wasn't going to get, like, this is too small a movie for yeah. that. And he's not a, like, uh, Willem Dafoe got nominated for Florida Project, right? I think he did for supporting it. Yeah. yeah, but he is fucking Willem Dafoe. He, like, he the is. Academy he, is going to. He brought to, interest to the project. Exactly. Yeah. The Academy is going to see the him Florida and be like, project. wait, Dafoe is in, what is this movie? What's going on? But when an MTV VJ right. is exporting in a film, you know, it's like, okay, whatever. Another little indie movie. Who gives a shit? So I, I you know, he, but he tweeted, he was like, you know, we were never going to get nominated, but thank you so much for the support. Like, I really thought yeah. the character, you know, and he was just, he, he was very appreciative, and there's clearly a, a sense mm-hmm. of gratitude there that people li- liked his performance. And, I, and so I think he has something. Maybe. I'd like I think to he think has something, and I would like to see him do it's, more. It's interesting. It'll it'll be interesting to see if it can be. I think seemingly very different from his character. With nice that, without question, <laughs> Sean Baker has a lot that he's going to be contributing. Yeah. I, I think oh, as a filmmaker... Baker has established himself I think so. as an incredible voice who yeah. is telling stories that don't get told otherwise. I, I, I had such high expectations for both of the movies that we were going to talk about today, and that bit me in the ass with that Minari you mentioned earlier in the episode last year. <laughs> it, it couldn't live up to the expectations that were given that I had created for it based on all of the hype. So I went into both of these movies like, oh, please be good, please be good. And I think both of them I would heartily recommend. I think this one's a little harder to recommend because of the sexual content and that uh, grooming underage aspect of it but if that's material that you can according stomach, to greg abbott not underage okay okay well we believe greg abbott and everything he does so yeah. i'm with Fla- you now, brother <laughs> flawless yeah person. Uh, i i believe that if you can handle the sexual content of this film that uh, it is certainly worth your time if you if you can if you can handle a film and when i say this, sexual content i'm speaking specifically to the 17-year-old and 40, 35-year-old relationship and what he's doing to that character that she's not aware of. Yeah, and the fact the that there's a great deal of discussion about his time as a porn star, specifically the scene with him in June where he's describing why he deserves praise for best oral. Yeah. Uh, well, the, award, the, the you know. Best oral is not about the girl, it's about oh the guy. It's about him. Yeah. It's about and him. Then, and then, oh, another three years in a row. Another indication of his narcissism, especially oh, because seemingly one of them was like, he was one of yeah no many later, men. later yeah no when he uh, first makes the argument you're like okay maybe he's got the and then later you find out that like one of the ones he won the award for was like he was like one of some like you know double digit or maybe even triple digit situation. number of yeah. yes right and it's like okay so you were 
<laughs> and you're claiming that you're the one who yeah, deserves yeah. it. That's oh the God. highlight of his we, resume, oh of his life all, resume. We Three ABNs share, in a row. We all share the award. Yeah. <laughs> all oh the actors in the scene share the award. Uh, Fascinating. Yeah, but if, you know, if you can go, if, if you can go with a movie that is presenting something troubling or upsetting or yeah. maybe not, like you know nice or great then i think there's a lot to this movie because again you know i i know that it it was mentioned i think i think it was on the show definitely if not in some of my conversations about licorice pizza but this movie was brought up when i was having my issues with that film that i was like mm-hmm. so you're not going to watch red rocket mm-hmm. and, and, we, like, and you didn't know what that meant at the time well well no one that i was talking to did because well, i don't think anyone seen had it, seen right. it but there was this knowledge that there was this relationship in it. And I was like, I mean, if red rocket wants me to feel good about that relationship, then yeah, I'll probably have a problem with it. Mm-hmm. And then I was, I was watching and I was like, yeah, the entire time from the very second that he starts attempting to court her the whole time, I was just like, this is not going to go well. I, oh, yeah. I and not, they're not trying to make you feel good. About I am not looking forward to the inevitable disappointment that this woman is going to, or that this young girl is going which to, which we don't even get to see, which we don't get to see. Yeah. Um, but it's, from the second that he starts having her drop him off yeah. in a bougie neighbor, <laughs> yeah, that, that's where I was. That was a crazy decision oh, yeah. on his part. Uh, but like, but what, just speaks to like how he operates. Yeah, the, the, that kind of the like delusion his, that he lives his in. His default setting is her I'm going to bullshit. For believing a guy without a car lives in this home, yeah. even if he's got a cover. Well, story. but then again, she's an impressionable teenager. True. Who's True. being? You are stupid when you're seven. And it, yeah, stupid she, and she had isolated. She wisdom beyond her years, just, though. I mean, she really did. She wasn't a, a single facet no, character. She's, she she's was an interesting. interesting character, and I think uh, with uh, Susanna, Susanna Sun, yeah, Sun, yeah, something like that. Um, really does a good job. She does, and, and, and she I does. think She'll she's going to be in like an HBO miniseries. I believe it. That, I mean, oh, so cool. I, I think. She's got a big career ahead of her. I think Simon Rex did good for his resume here. Oh, absolutely. Here. He'll, he'll everybody, some... everybody acquitted yeah. themselves well here good in terms film. of performances, I think. Good, challenging film. I liked it. Yeah. I And, you know, this is the second film in a row that Sean Baker has gotten a decent amount of attention for. And one thing that I really hope is that he continues uh, this strategy or method or artistic decision to use non-actors in roles. I really hope that that's something, even if he gets a big budget well, for something that I agree. he continues I, to, because I think it adds, uh, it really adds something to There's a the kind film. of realism that comes yeah. into it. Like a, the, I, I hear what you're saying. Lil, I think especially, is Lonnie. being maybe the most prominent. Yeah, Lonnie too. I mean, Lonnie was, to me, God, that is the clearest non-actor scene. in yeah. the film. Like, the, when specifically the scene where he is... This is the, the neighbor the neighbor bums rides off. Who ends off. up kind yeah. of being his chauffeur. And, and then, he yeah, ends up yeah. screwing over. But specifically when Mikey and Lonnie meet for the first time, I was like, oh yeah, this guy's not an actor. Like I, I yeah. knew it right away, but then I also I, I found it somewhat endearing. Yeah. And then I felt like... But that's it. I mean, even in the film, you know, Mikey is an actor. Literally, he is an actor. He yeah. may not be the kind of actor we think of as it, but he is an actor. And and here's Lonnie. Lonnie is this guy from Texas City who yeah. has never gone outside it's, Texas City and to whom Mikey is this legend, right? Yeah. He's the guy who used to live next door who has become a porn star and, you know... It, it, it's, who, was, who was banging his babysitter right, while right. his babysitter was... And in the house yeah. and whatever, like yeah. oh, and like they sh- watch their films in school. Yeah, like, or like 
all his friends in school would yeah. show, show another another scene and then we can move on to the beer um that just so expertly displays what a narcissist Mikey is, is when he's mad at Paul Walker for dying oh, because God, then so he can't he be in any more of this of parody the sequel, Fury, the yeah, porn yeah, yeah. parody sequels. He was what was, saying, the, what was to, the porn name? You know, Brian O'Connor was the same name. No, no. What was the, the name of the oh, Fast, the and, Fast the and the Furious? Yeah, Fast and the Furious. Furia, yeah, Paul Furia Walker died and I couldn't do any more and, of yeah, those. Yeah, and then I couldn't do any, but people people said I was so good as yeah. Brian <laughs> O'Connor or whatever, and then he had to go and die, and it was That's just like, awesome. dude, really? Oh. And When he's celebrating and then, and in the backyard she, at, yeah. after he's like heard Lonnie's statement, and it has you know implies that nobody else was with him, and Lonnie's father is in the neighboring yard yeah. looking over at him. It's a devastating yeah. scene. This guy's a fucking oh, shithead. Oh, our, our oh, lead actor. Oh, here. it is so rough. Check but out what, Red what an achievement! What an achievement! But here. as we liked the character Strawberry, did we like this uh, strawberry barley wine? Yeah, from who? Revolution, Revolution Brewing out of uh, Chicago, Illinois. Fourteen point two percent. We I got barley wine. Segue, we but... got aged. We got strawberries. Oh my gosh! We got a lot of beer in this episode. A lot of alcohol. A lot of alcohol in this oh episode. Oh my uh, gosh! This this beer is great. This beer is good. The strawberry is not knocking you over the head. It's but, so heavy though. But there is a heaviness so heavy. to it. So when they present and marketing on the can that this is a sipper. They they got it right. Yeah, this is not. I mean, this is we're you know full disclosure, folks. This is one twelve ounce can that we're splitting between us. I feel like that's the right amount. I don't think I needed more than four ounces of this one. No. Especially since you took five and Carlos and I only got three and a half. (laughs) Well, whatever portion I got. When you bring the beer, I guess you get that. Whatever portion I got, (laughs) I do not think I needed any more than I got. From from not enjoying the beer or just the uh, high alcohol level. Just from the, I think the heaviness, there's a sweetness to barley wines. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That I am always a little bit trepidatious going into barley wines, the, even more so than like Imperial Stouts. I think there is like kind of a sweet, cloying. Uh, yeah. Like more caramely kind of, uh, yeah, sweetness that just can get overpowering. And this beer and has taxing. that, no doubt. I just I think twelve ounces of this myself would be I mean I have to I'd have to spread it out over a few hours. Yeah, so I don't say think you I could it do for it. Yeah, a long while. Yeah. I've but never soloed a barley wine before. Never old, been able to. The go. old school from uh, Dogfish yeah. was one that I looked forward to every year. I don't know if when this year's comes out, if I'll be quite as enthused. You know, I'll buy a four pack of it. I always mm-hmm. do. And I always save those for a very specific type of beer drinking evening where I've got a long period of time to enjoy that beer that has the uh, caution label on the on the cap, you know, that they do with their higher ABVs. I would treat this exactly the same way. Um, the sweetness of the strawberry doesn't make it too sweet for me, but it's got a heavy clank to it that I didn't know if either of you also noticed. It's got a... It, it, it hits your tongue in a very interesting way because I think because of the strawberry. Anyone get that too? That the, the, the strawberry was... Didn't work against it, but was 
was there in an in an I'm not I'm not I'm not explaining it well. Hmm. It could be the ABV. It could be the ABV. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't like barley wines. I think I've discovered that about myself. You haven't found a special one that made you say, "Okay, this style." Is well, one for me. Well, I think that if I found a special one, it would be the exception to the rule. Because okay. in all the barley wines that I've had, four ounces is my max. Okay. I can't really drink much more of it than that, and I don't particularly enjoy those four ounces. Although I liked this one more than I typically do okay. because that strawberry was there a little bit and was kind of, and maybe the barrel aging had some effect on that as well. But I didn't hate this. Um, no, me neither. I couldn't no. drink that whole can by myself under any circumstances. But I didn't have a bad time with it. And for me, as someone that has not found a barley wine that I love, I think that's a high praise. Mass mass beer, a Miller Lite, if you will, that is kind of designed for you to drink on the lake all day. You know, without really, without <laughs> I love the idea of of Miller putting out a strawberry barley wine. That's the like drinking beer. No, 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 no. I I'm want ta- them to do no, it. No, no. I'm talking about the uh, low ABV, yeah, high yeah, volume yeah. beers yeah. in America. They're kind of designed to watch when you when you're watching football all afternoon, and it's not going to completely right. That you can throw wreck you. multiple back. Have you yeah. ever had? I know, I know the answer to the question before I ask it. But have you bought a four pack of something, and you have the first one by yourself, and you go, Whew, the rest. of of these, I'm going to have to have a couple of my friends over to to, to enjoy this together and sip slowly. Mm-hmm. This is certainly one of those. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Mo- most of the beer in my fridge is double digit ABV Imperial Stouts <laughs> that, <laughs> that you need I just, some that I just I'm like for, I don't know yeah. if I need to drink this all by myself. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. I've been trying to make my way through some of them, but. You know, that's a one beer night. Well, if you have any that you need, David or I to help you take off your hands, I'm sure that we'd be willing to oh, do some bring it to the uh, show. strategizing yeah. after the episode. Yeah. So there's two questions in After Hours. The first one, does do either Red Rocket or Drive My Car Change shift anything your top, in our five? top five? Yeah. And the second one, I don't remember. I don't either. Okay. We'll figure it out. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, one of the great things about the show is that the conversation doesn't end when the episode ends. It continues on all of your favorite social media platforms. Uh, so you can chime in with all of your hot takes and scathing reviews. You can find us on Twitter at Beer Movie Show, Instagram at Beer in a Movie, Facebook.com slash Beer in a Movie TX. Beer in a Movie Podcast.com has a couple of things that I really love. One of them being this beer map that shows you all the beer we've had from all over the state, country, world. And it also has these kind of curated episode collections where you can kind of find the thing that fits your lane the best and just dive into that. So whether it's all Horror October, uh, our Nick Cage focused episodes, uh, our director focused episodes, whether that be Kevin Smith, Richard Linkletter, who. Uh, whoever it may be, uh, all of that content is there for you, neatly collected uh, for your listening pleasure. If you want to financially support the show and hear uh, some of the uh, conversations that we have hinted that we will be having, uh, patreon.com slash podcast is where you can do that. It's a exclusive bonus after hours, slightly inebriated conversation um, that, yes, talks about beer. Yes, we talk about movies, uh, but we also talk about the TV shows we're watching, the records we're listening to, what's going on with us in our lives. I know that it's certainly it's a crazy time for me personally right now, and maybe we'll get into that a little bit this week, uh, but that's what's happening. Uh, if you want beer and a movie merch, we finally, after four years of being a podcast, 
podcast have merch. You can find that on tpublic.com slash user slash beer and a movie, or you can just click the merch button on our website. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please rate, review, and subscribe. It helps to manipulate the algorithm to do what to do and put the podcast in front of more beer lovers and movie lovers uh, and, you know, help cultivate that community that is beer and a movie. Um, it has been another multilingual, controversial episode of Beer and a Movie. Until next time. You do what makes you happy today, because there might not be a tomorrow. Tomorrow.